Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark 10, verses 13 to 16, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the word of the Lord. The scene before us in these four verses is deeply interesting. We see young children brought to Christ that he should touch them, and the disciples rebuking those that brought them. We are told that when Jesus saw this, he was much displeased and rebuked his disciples in words of a very remarkable tenor. And finally, we are told that he took them up in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Let us learn for one thing from this passage how much attention the souls of children should receive from the Church of Christ. The great head of the Church found time to take special notice of children. Although his time on earth was precious and grown-up men and women were perishing on every side for lack of knowledge, he did not think little boys and girls of small importance. He had room in his mighty heart even for them. He declared by his outward gesture and deed his good will toward them. And not least... He has left on record words concerning them, which his church should never forget. Of such is the kingdom of God. We must never allow ourselves to suppose that little children's souls may be safely let alone. Their characters for life depend exceedingly on what they see and hear during their first seven years. They are never too young to learn evil and sin. They are never too young to receive religious impressions. They think in their childish way about God and their souls and a world to come far sooner and far more deeply than most people are aware. They are far more ready to respond to appeals to their feelings of right and wrong than many suppose. They each have a conscience. God has mercifully not left himself without a witness in their hearts, fallen and corrupt as their natures are. They each have a soul which will live forever in heaven or in hell. We cannot begin too soon to endeavor to bring them to Christ. These truths ought to be diligently considered by every branch of the Church of Christ. It is the bounden duty of every Christian congregation to make provision for the spiritual training of its children. The boys and girls of every family should be taught as soon as they can learn, should be brought into public worship as soon as they can behave with propriety should be regarded with affectionate interest as the future congregation which will fill our places when we are dead. We may confidently expect Christ's blessing on all attempts to do good to children. No church can be regarded as being in a healthy state which neglects its younger members and lazily excuses itself on the plea that young people will be young and that it is useless to try to do good to them. Such a church shows plainly It does not have the mind of Christ. A congregation which consists of none but grown-up people, whose children are idling at home or running wild in the streets or fields, 
is a most deplorable and unsatisfactory sight. The members of such a congregation may pride themselves on their numbers and on the soundness of their own views. They may content themselves with loud assertions that they cannot change their children's hearts and that God will convert them Sunday if he sees fit. But they have yet to learn that Christ regards them as neglecting a solemn duty and that Christians who do not use every means to bring children to Christ are committing a great sin. Let us learn for another thing from this passage how much encouragement there is to bring young children to be baptized. Of course, it is not pretended that there is any mention of baptism or even any reference to it in the verses before us. All we mean to say is that the expressions and gestures of our Lord in this passage are a strong, indirect argument in favor of infant baptism. It is on this account that the passage occupies a prominent place in the baptismal service of the Church of England. The subject of infant baptism is undoubtedly a delicate and difficult one. Holy and praying men are unable to see alike upon it. Although they read the same Bible and profess to be led by the same Spirit, they arrive at different conclusions about this sacrament. The great majority of Christians hold that infant baptism is scriptural and right. A comparatively small section of the Protestant Church, but one containing many eminent saints among its members, regards infant baptism as unscriptural and wrong. The difference is a sad proof of the blindness and infirmity which remain even in the saints of God. But the difference now referred to must not make members of the Church of England shrink from holding decided opinions on the subject. That church has plainly declared in its articles that the baptism of young children is in any way wise to be retained and most agreeable with the institution of Christ. To this opinion we need not be afraid to adhere. It is allowed on all sides that infants may be elect and chosen of God unto salvation, may be washed in Christ's blood, born again of the Spirit, have grace, be justified, sanctified, and enter heaven. If these things be so, it is hard to see why they may not receive the outward sign of baptism. It is allowed, furthermore, that infants are members of Christ's visible church by virtue of their parents' Christianity. What else can we make of Paul's words, now they are holy, 1 Corinthians 7.14? If this be so, it is difficult to understand why an infant may not receive the outward sign of admission into the church, just as the Jewish child received the outward sign of circumcision. The objection that baptism ought to be only given to those who are old enough to repent and believe does not appear a convincing one. We read in the New Testament that all the houses of Lydia and Stephanus were baptized, and that the jailer of Philippi and all his were baptized. It is very difficult to suppose that in no one of these three cases were there any children. Acts 16, 15, 33, and 1 Corinthians 1, 16. The objection that our Lord Jesus Christ himself never directly commanded infants to be baptized is not a weighty one. The church of Jews, to which he came, had always been accustomed to admit children into the church by the sign of circumcision. The very fact that Jesus says nothing about the age for baptizing goes far to prove that he intended no change to be made. The subject may be safely left here. Few controversies have done so much harm and led to so little spiritual fruit as the controversy about baptism. On none has so much been said and written without producing conviction. On none does experience seem to show that Christians had better leave each other alone and agree to differ.
The baptism that it concerns us all to know is not so much the baptism of water as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thousands are washed in baptismal waters who are never renewed by the Spirit. Have we been born again? Have we received the Holy Spirit and been made new creatures in Jesus Christ? If not, it matters little when or where and how we have been baptized. We are yet in our sins. Without a new birth, there can be no salvation. May we never rest until we know and feel that we have passed from death to life and are indeed born of God. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, could it be said that we are using every means available to us to point our own children and the children in the church around us to God? Have we said or thought such things as children cannot understand or kids will be kids and justified our actions on that basis instead of God's word? Second, We see here some brief statements on the position of infant baptism. And, convinced of believer's baptism, I have a few comments of my own. First, Ryle is right to say this passage carries an indirect argument for infant baptism. And therein lies the problem, as the direct arguments are missing, not only from this passage, but from the whole New Testament, which he goes on to prove. If there was even one direct reference or strong biblical argument showing that baptism replaced circumcision, there would be a direct argument and no Baptists. Paul talks much about circumcision in his letters, but never says circumcision is not required because baptism has replaced it. But he does say that if you pursue circumcision, you nullify the cross of Christ. Here. In the cross of Christ is where circumcision finds its true fulfillment in the new covenant, not in any physical act, but in a new creation, which is then expressed in baptism. This leads to the second point. It seems to me that the weakest argument he has is that infants may be elect and chosen of God unto salvation. Well, sure, yes, but not without first calling on the name of the Lord and understanding their need For Jesus as their Savior, something Ryle has been so clear in his expositions. How can that be a weighty argument? Friends, so much more could be said. But a more pressing question needs to be asked. Whichever side of the argument we find ourselves, are we quick to reach over the fence of this divide and eager to shake hands with all who love the Lord Jesus and hold fast to the word of life? Are we willing to cause harm to the gospel for the sake of an important but secondary issue as this?